It's Daily Thunder, the special holiday edition. The Ellerslie campus is closed through Christmas break, but Daily Thunders are still booming forth daily through this podcast. For those of you that like to enjoy Daily Thunder live and in person on the Ellerslie campus, mark your calendars for our relaunch on Monday, January 13th. To learn more about our discipleship programs or to support this podcast, visit ellerslie.com. This episode is part of a special series entitled The 12 Days of Christmas and is delivered by Nathan Johnson. Good morning. morning. (laughs) If you have your Bibles, John chapter 1. We've been in the middle of this Christmas series, and uh, I want to look at this idea this morning of the light coming into the world. And it's just been an interesting meditation, just in my own life, about this idea that God is light. And isn't it interesting when you think about light? Darkness has no ability to triumph over light. You turn on a light switch, it's not like there's, a, there's suddenly a battle, and the darkness is like, I'm going to stay. That darkness has to flee. That darkness is, it's impossible for darkness to remain when light's there. In fact, in some aspects, you could say darkness is nothing, because when light shows up, in other words, darkness is merely the absence of light. So light is the substance, and darkness is the nothing. All that to be said, it's fascinating as you come into the book of John. John loves imagery. And John is constantly doing comparisons, uh, whether it be his gospel or his, his epistles. He's talking about death and life and light and dark and these, these contrasts. They're just beautiful throughout his writing. Uh, in John chapter 1, he's talking about Jesus coming in the flesh, this idea of the incarnation. And it's amazing as you get into this idea of the light, John is referring to Jesus not just having light. He is light itself. So if you have your Bibles, John chapter 1, I want to look at verse 3. Down there, verse 9, and uh, just give you a couple concepts here. Uh, John says <clears throat> in uh, verse 3, he says, All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Now, again, he starts the whole passage by saying, Hey, in the beginning was the Word. And it's amazing, even in the Greek, that when you look at how John formed the very first line in Greek, he's declaring that Jesus himself is God. You cannot wiggle out of that in the Greek which is amazing. And he gets into verse 3, and he starts talking about this creation reality. And again, I love how John 1 is an interesting parallel to Genesis chapter 1, that in the beginning, in the beginning. There's there's a whole bunch of these little parallels. And John's saying, hey, do you know who spoke creation in existence? You realize how all all things were made? It was through Jesus. So again, verse 3 says, all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. In fact, it cannot overcome it. It goes on and says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. I I love what John is saying. He says, here's this moment in time when the one who is light is breaking forth in the midst of a dark world. And again, it's a beautiful parallel to Genesis chapter 1. Right? That here's chaos and darkness is swirling over and, and in the middle of the darkness and the chaos, God speaks. And what does he speak? Light. And light is the very first act of the creation, that there's this 
separation and this light invades. And I love the fact that after Genesis chapter three, darkness, now we're not talking physically, but spiritually darkness has come and now it's full of chaos and darkness. So what is taking place in, in the gospel of John? John says in the middle of that spiritual chaos and darkness, light is being spoken. And then and he thought, and that this light that's being spoken isn't just a word, it's the word who's not a word, it's a person whose name is Jesus. So there was a word that was spoken in Genesis that brought forth a light and separated out of the darkness. But now in the midst of spiritual darkness and corruption and chaos, a word is spoken, but it comes in physical form. And so here's this man by the name of John the Baptist who's testifying about, woo, there's a light. He's here. He's coming. I mean, it's shining in your eyes kind of stuff. It's interesting when you go to 1 John, uh, in, in John's epistle, you don't have to turn there, but in 1 John chapter 1, John again is talking about this whole light and dark thing. And what he refers to God, uh, let me just read this, 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, and seven, 5 through 7. John writes, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. And if we say we have fellowship with him while we are in the darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. John says, you recognize that God himself is light and you are in him. And he is in you. Which means what? You are to be a bearer of light. That you are a light bearer in this dark and dank world. And isn't it a beautiful thought that here's Jesus who is the light himself, and this word is being, he is the word, but this word is being spoken in the midst of spiritual darkness, and he comes upon the scene, and he enters into this dark world saying, I'm the light. Now again, John says that the darkness cannot overcome the light. That is true. But I don't know about you, but I look at culture today, and I'm like, it's still dark, spiritually. So why is it then that the darkness appears to actually have power over light? It doesn't. Because light triumphs over darkness. And wherever light shows up, darkness cannot remain. But it's a fascinating thought if you turn over a page to John chapter 3. Uh, this Pharisee named Nicodemus comes up to Jesus. It's in the middle of the night. And of course he comes at night because he doesn't want anybody to see him and recognize him and know that he's talking to Jesus. And he starts talking to Jesus and saying, all right, uh, I, I'm starting to understand what you're saying here, and I, I want to believe, and, and he starts questioning. And of course, Jesus you know, has these phenomenal statements like, you must be born again. And Nicodemus is thinking physically, not spiritually, and he's like, that's awkward. How, how am I going to get back into my mom? That's not possible. And Jesus is like, no, that's not, we're not talking, we're talking spiritually. Right? And of course, there's that phenomenal statement of fact that Jesus says, hey, I, just as the serpent was raised up in the wilderness, so I, the Son of Man, will be raised up, which is a beautiful imagery of just the Old Testament and the fact that Jesus is a fulfillment. Right? There's this whole idea of, hey, for God so overwhelmingly loved the world that he gave me to it. Why? That I might bring the light and rescue people. That you can actually have eternal life kind of stuff. In the middle of all that, <clears throat> in verse 19, Jesus makes this, rather odd statement. And in fact, it's really awkward uh, in some aspects. 
But listen to what he says, verse 19 of chapter 3. Jesus says, this is the verdict, that light has come into the world. Obviously speaking about himself. But get this. But men love darkness rather than the light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that it may be revealed that his deeds have been done in God. Jesus says, here's this light that has come to the world. But what have men done? They have purposely turned from the light and embraced their darkness. In fact, the word that it uses is that they loved darkness. Now, the Greek word that's being used here is the Greek word agape. So obviously you have some problems, <laughs> some of us in our thinking. Most of us think of agape as God love. It's that unconditional, relentless, aggressive kind of love. And that is true, and that, that is how the majority of the New Testament uses the word agape. But there are a few occasions where that word agape is used in a negative sense. For example, right here. <laughs> and Jesus says, hey, do, do, you know, do you know what men did? There was a spotlight shining in their light. And I don't know if you've ever done this, but you, know, you go camping, and everyone's eyes have gotten adjusted to the dark, right? And you know, so their pupils are big. And you take a flashlight, and when they're not expecting it, you just <laughs> turn it on in their face, right? And it hurts. It is painful. It is, I, I don't know what the word it is. It, it is, uh, it's one of those things where the only response is you punch the person. Like, you don't mean to, it's just, you know, it hurts, and you're just like, no, go away. And you're just, you know, it, it's offensive. He says, you know what's happened? I have come into the world, and I am, I'm, I'm, I'm a torch. I'm a spotlight. I'm a light. And if you are so wrapped up in darkness, if you're so wrapped up in this, in the evil, as, as Jesus says, their, their deeds were evil, and you're so wrapped up in that pollution in the darkness, when a light is shining in your face, what most of us tend to do is, oh, we, we turn away and we shy and we, we run. He says, do you recognize what they're doing is they have so, they've gotten to the point where they've so agape their darkness. And again, yes, it's typically understood as God's love. That's, that's true, typically. But maybe a better definition for agape is just that idea of this, an unconditional, relentless, aggressive kind of love. Because that, that is how God loves us. Right? You cannot earn it. You cannot remove it. It's just, hey, you can beat it. You can put a crown of thorns on it. You can beat, uh, nail it to a cross. It's still going to bleed, suffer, and die love for you. Right? It's, it's unrelenting. Do you, know, do you know what these men were doing with their sin? Loving sin like that. It was aggressive. It was unrelenting. It was just, it was, hey, I'm not letting this thing go, and you can do whatever you want to me, and I just refuse to let this thing go. And, and it's, it's this aggressive kind of love for evil. That's our culture. And Jesus says, hey, light has shown up in the middle of this thing, and what are men doing? Light always triumphs over darkness. But isn't it interesting? If I refuse the light, I can still run and find darkness. I could turn the light on this room, but you could go to a place where there's still darkness. And Jesus says, hey, I have come into the place, I have shown up, and I am blazing light. So turn to the light. That's where you find salvation. And yet, if you want to love your sin and love your darkness and, and pull, pull away and out of, the, out of the offense of the light, enjoy your darkness, fine, enjoy your darkness, but you realize it ends in death and destruction. But Jesus says, I have not come that they might have death. 
hey, the enemy is coming to still kill and destroy. I have come to give life and life abundant. And John says in John 1, hey, this life that is coming to the world is the light itself. Jesus, I want to offer myself to you. But you have to be willing to get rid of, let go of your darkness and embrace the light who is me. So apply this into your life. You realize we live in a dark culture. culture. We, we live in dark days. We live in a time where men have aggressively, unrelentingly, just passionately loved their darkness. But Jesus has come. And we are celebrating this season, the season of lights. The Jews call it Hanukkah, by the way. But this season of lights, you realize it's the season where Jesus says, I am the light. Hey, I have come to bring life. Turn from your darkness. And for us who are, who are celebrating Jesus in this season, could we embrace the light? And wouldn't it be neat, the, the light who has come, wouldn't it be, shouldn't we just allow him to go to every crevice of our soul saying, blaze your light anywhere and everywhere you want. I don't want any shadow areas of my life. I don't want darkness. And I know it may be painful because it hurts when light shows up. But you realize if you are in him and he is in you, he is light, which means there should be no darkness in us. And I would love for us to come into this season where we focus all the more upon Jesus as the light and say, search me, try me, find any wicked way within me and remove it. Let the light invade my life so it forces out the darkness. Will it be painful? Maybe. But it's worth it. And then wouldn't it be neat if he turned you into a light bearer? Someone who is willing to walk in light in the midst of this dark world. And people will probably hate you for it. Because Jesus says, hey, if they hated me, they'll probably hate you too. Right? <laughs> in fact, it's a guarantee. It's a promise. But if you are filled with the one who is light, you realize that we should be marching out of this world, not afraid of darkness, because darkness cannot overcome light, but we should be marching out into this world with a smile upon our face because we are filled with the one who is light itself. His name's Jesus. He is Holy Spirit. Let us celebrate the light that has come and let us refuse to wander in the paths of the shadows. We need that. pray. Lord, thank you that you are the light. And Lord, though we live in a culture where men love darkness rather than the light, Lord, I don't want to be that way in my life. Lord, I don't want to have shadow areas in my soul. I don't want to have crevices or cupboards that are unmarked by your light. Lord, I love the fact that in the new Jerusalem, there's no need for a sun or a moon because there is continual light because you dwell there. That there's no shadows in the new Jerusalem because there's no sun. The light just emanates out of everywhere. Jesus, could that be my life? Could you, could you come into every crevice and pour my being? And if there's any darkness, if there's any areas where I've been clinging to habits or thoughts or motives or junk. Hey, Lord, would you purge it from my life? 
Lord, somehow enable me to walk in obedience and triumph because you have purchased it. And Lord, where the light reigns, darkness cannot dwell. So Lord, we just say, have at it. Hey, would you just oh, do something so mighty in our life that we become light bearers of you in our world? That wherever we march, it's, it's like darkness just has to flee and be, it's being pressed back by the reality of the church. Lord, shine your light bright this season. We love you. Let's give you the praise and the glory in your precious name. Amen. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Our live Daily Thunder online stream and our live in-studio Daily Thunder experience will be starting back on Monday, January 13th when our team returns from their much-deserved holiday break. Meanwhile, we encourage you to plan a visit to our beautiful Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado for a day, a week, or an entire season of gospel-centered spiritual training. Learn more at ellerslie.com. Thanks for listening. Thank <laughs> you.